Welcome back to an episode of the Football Front Season 1, Episode 35. Today we're going over Week 17 scores. Uh, we'll also go uh, over our, my predictions for the final week of the regular season, Week 18. We finally made it. We're almost at the playoffs. I'll also go over the Antonio Brown saga because that's going to be fun to pay attention to. I probably know you guys want to hear that. So without further ado, let's get right into it. So to start off today's episode, we're actually going to start off with the Antonio Brown saga from start to finish. It's going to be actually probably a five-minute segment, that's my guess. But anyway, we'll start off. So starting off, we got the game against between the Buccaneers and the Jets. Seems like it's a normal run-off-the-mill game. That's what it seems like. Um, you know, that's what it would seem like going into the game. You know, good team versus a bad team. And it was. The Buccaneers did win that, by the way. But it all happened when Antonio Brown, randomly on the sideline, takes off his jersey and pads, takes off his undershirt, takes off his gloves, and just goes running onto the field while the teams were on the field. The play hadn't started yet, but the teams were on the field in the huddle. And he's just running across the field shirtless, just hyping up the crowd. And he just runs into the locker room, and no one could calm him down enough to come back in. So thus, you know, Bruce Arians, the head coach, has asked about it. Bruce Arians says that he is no longer a buck, which honestly makes sense, knowing that, like, you can't just run off the field in the middle of the game with, you know, taking off your pads and just chucking them on the side. You just don't do that. Anyway, that's, you know, so that's that happens. So then Antonio Brown goes out and posts his, basically his side of the story. He says that he was forced to play by Bruce Arians. He was, he was battling a meniscus tear, which is actually huge. This is huge in the conversation. Not to whether Antonio Brown gets a job in the NFL, but it, when it comes to the contractual side of this thing. He says that he was forced to play through injury and he was prescribed bad medicine, basically, I think it was. So, what he ends up doing is, you know, says that. So now Bruce Arians has come out. He did this yesterday on Thursday. And he says, no, Antonio Brown was just angry that he wasn't getting enough targets. Which, again, he makes a good point. I can see that. But Antonio Brown still shouldn't be running off the field in the middle of the game. So if if Antonio Brown has the medical MRI records that he was playing through a major ankle injury, what I think he said is a meniscus tear, if he was truly playing through that, then contractually, I think the Buccaneers, they, can't, they don't have to bring him back, but they have to pay him a bunch of money. So it really doesn't matter. He's not going to be on the Buccaneers anymore. I think that's clear, but that's really, you know, about what happens is he basically will be get paid. Now, I want to know what you think. Obviously, you can't just tell me right now, but, you know, will Antonio Brown get another job in the NFL? I highly doubt it. But that, you know, I could see a team being like, well, he had a good reason, if he can prove that with the MRIs, that he has a meniscus tear or something. It's justifiable, and, you know, I can see a team bringing him in. Now, I'm thinking not a contending team, at least, and no one will sign him until this offseason, but no contending team is going to take him in. No one wants that distraction on the team, but I could see a team that needs some help at a certain position, wide receiver in this case, bring him in, you know, low-risk, low-reward contract kind of thing. And I could see it maybe working out, maybe not. You know, I could see him just taking a chance, and it might work out. Again, it might not. So that's all that I know about the uh, Bruce Arians, Buccaneers, Saga stuff, all that. So...
Now we will uh, uh, move on to the scores for week 17, and then we'll do the predictions. Okay, starting off, we've got uh, Giants-Bears. Um, in this game, New uh, lost 29-3. Oof. Oof, oof. He, that's not, that's not good. You can't lose 29-3, even if your quarterback is literally Mike Lennon. Which might I say, this is stupid right here. He literally was 4 for 11, 24 yards, and two interceptions. So, A, he completes significantly less than 50% of his passes. B, he doesn't even get 30 yards passing. And see why, just why, are you only passing it 11 times a game? What kind of playbook is that? Unless you're literally Derrick Henry where you can take 30 carries a game, but you're still throwing it at least 20 times, 11 attempts. He was 4 for 11, 24 yards, and 2 interceptions. That just can't happen. And then you look at Chicago, who's, you know, doing a bit more of an average kind of scenario. Um... Andy Dalton, 18 of 3,573 yards, touchdown and interception. Makes sense. That's an average stat line, kind of what you'd expect. Um, and then, you know, David Montgomery getting a significant amount of carries as well in the running game. It that would make that their play style makes sense in this case. Not necessarily a full 50-50 split, but a I guess a like a 60-40 or something, like a 65-35%. This was like a like a 90% rushing game and about uh uh like 10% passing like that those you can't have that the player with the most targets on the whole Giants team had three targets and that was the running back that's sad you can't have that so uh anyway we'll move on to the rushing game Saquon Barkley did show that he still has some spark. He ran 21 carries, 102 yards, which is solid. One probably bright spot, I guess you could say, after, well, the 29-3 loss with the 4 of 11 passing, you know. And then Devontae Booker, the backup, had 18 carries, 46 yards. Again, oh, that's like, that's a good running game right there, but you can't only be throwing 11 times a game. I think you should at least minimize Devontae Booker's carries. I think, you know, you keep Saquon's the same, though. Anyway, uh, in the Chicago rushing game, uh, David Montgomery led them 22 carries, 64 yards. That was about it for their rushing game outside of a few scrambles from Andy Dalton and Khalil Herbert getting a few rushes. But anyway, receiving game for the Giants. Boy, this is sad. They only had two players get receptions. Evan Engram, reception, 12 yards. David Sills, reception, uh, 12 yards. And then Devontae Booker had two receptions for no yards. Um, uh, that's, you're, you're, most targeted players, you're running back with three targets. That's not good. And then, your best receivers only have one reception for 12 yards. Or your highest numbers receiver in this game. That's just bad. Then you move on to Chicago, solid rushing or running passing game. Darnell Mooney, seven receptions, sixty-nine yards and a touchdown. Allen Robinson, four receptions, thirty-five yards. And then Cole Komet, three receptions, twenty-five yards. That's a solid um passing attack. I'm you know, if I'm the coach, I'm fine with that. If I'm if I'm Matt Nagy, you know, I'm happy with that. But obviously, you know, it's they're six and ten, so it doesn't really matter that much for Chicago. And the Giants are four and twelve, so again, it doesn't matter for both sides. This is a game that doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. So we'll just move on to the defense for the Giants. Leonard Williams, eight tackles. Jalen Smith, seven tackles and a sack. Lorenzo Carter, six tackles and a sack. Xavier McKinney, six tackles and a sack. And that is about it, Tate Crowder and James Bradbury each had an interception. Uh, 
for Chicago's defense, Roquan Smith had nine tackles. Alec Ogletree had eight tackles. Eddie Jackson had eight tackles as well. Angelo Blackson had three tackles and a sack. Travis Gibson, three tackles and two sacks. Robert Quinn, tackle being a, his tackle being a sack. And uh, Tayshawn Gibson and Dion Bush each had an interception for Chicago. So that's that game. Again, a 29-3 win for Chicago. Bears, uh, not really what you expect. Uh, uh, let's see. Now the next game, Saints-Panthers. Saints win 18-10. to Uh, let's see. Um, Saints is 8 on the season after this game. Taysom Hill was 17 of 28, 222 yards and a touchdown. Solid. Not great, but, you know, decent. Sam Darnold. Now this is... I guess, shocking. I'm surprised that Sam Darnold got 100% of the snaps, not 100%, all of, almost all of the snaps at quarterback. That is shocking to me. Um, Cam Newton did get a few snaps. He did have a rush for five yards. He got a few snaps, but not much of anything. So Sam Darnold played majority of snaps, 17 of 26, 132 yards and interception. They just don't have a good enough quarterback. I'd assume they would split the time just to, you know, get your money's worth, maybe, of Cam Newton or Sam Darnold, but clearly they, clearly they haven't. Clearly, clearly, clearly. I mean, the Russian game, you know, wasn't great either. And without CMC, Chuba Hubbard, I will admit, is a solid backup running back. 17 carries, 55 yards, and a touchdown. That's solid. But they just don't have a rushing attack. They don't have a offense without CMC. That's it's fairly obvious by now. Taysom Hill had 12 carries, 45 yards, and Alvin Kamara had 13 carries, 32 yards on the other end. But at least you know that their team has a legit enough rushing attack in New Orleans. You know that your team's decent. You know, you can run the ball a bit. And then when you got um, Michael Thomas is sometime healthy, whenever that will be, not this season, at least. Whenever, you know, he's healthy, they have a passing attack, and they got Marquez Callaway, who's solid, receiving two. So, they're just an overall decent team. And then you've got Carolina, who's got DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and that's it in their whole offense without CMC. The Saints will live if they don't have Alvin Kamara for one game. I mean, that's pretty obvious by now, too. Anyway, on. To the Carolina receiving attack after that rant. Uh, Ian Thomas, three receptions, 33 yards. Amir Abdul, four receptions, 33, 31 yards. DJ Moore, three receptions, 29 yards. For New Orleans, Marquez Callaway led the way, six receptions, 97 yards. Alvin Kamara, five receptions, 68 yards, and a touchdown. Now this after the offense. For the defense, Frankie Louvu of Carolina Panthers had nine tackles. Leading the way for them. Shaq Thompson had seven tackles. And then Miles Hartfield, Keith Taylor Jr., and Jermaine Carter Jr. all had six tackles. Jeremy Chin also had four tackles and a sack. Other people with sack, Derek Brown had a sack. And that was it for the Panthers. For New Orleans, Cameron Jordan had eight tackles, three and a half sacks. Quan Alexander had eight tackles and half a sack. And then Malcolm Jenkins had six tackles, and uh, Christian Ringo also had six tackles. Uh, P.J. Williams also had a sack, and so did Jeff Heath for, and so did C.J. Gardner-Johnson for New Orleans. And then he also had a pick, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. So that's Panthers, Saints. Saints win 18-10 again. And we'll move on to the next game. We've got Falcons-Bills. Uh, Bills clinched a playoff berth in this game, you know, and eliminated the Falcons from the playoffs, dropping the Falcons to 7 and 9. Um, I'll admit the Falcons were a bit shocking. They are better than I expected here. The Bills were a bit worse than I expected this year, but the Bills still made it to the playoffs, and the Falcons didn't. So, you know, 
probably what you would expect going into the season, probably what you'd expect still going into the game today, or whatever, on Sunday. So, I'm not sure how, I don't think anyone is in this game, but Josh Allen was 11 of 26, 120 yards, three interceptions. That's not a good game, three interceptions. And Matt Ryan, on the other hand, was 13 of 23, 197 yards, no touchdowns, no picks, which is better than Josh Allen's. I mean, it's better than Josh Allen's game, so I'm not shocked. Um, you know, Matt Ryan, sorry, Matt Ryan's a bit more of a consistent quarterback than I'd say Josh Allen is. When Josh Allen's good, he is good. He's on point when he's really good. But there's plenty of games where he's not on point. So, you know... I'm not shocked when Josh Allen has a bad game, and I'm not shocked when Matt Ryan would, you know, play solid or better than the opposite quarterback him. So, anyway, on to the rushing game. Atlanta's had Mike Davis, 8 carries, 42 yards, and a touchdown. Cordero Patterson, 9 carries, 28 yards. Um, and on Buffalo's side, uh, Devin Singletary, 23 carries, 110 yards, and two touchdowns. That's what they've been missing all season, this kind of rushing attack, especially also with Josh Allen in the rushing game. 15 carries, 81 yards, and two touchdowns. Four touchdowns in the rushing game. They haven't had that all season. They, like, that's not been a thing for them. No rushing attack. That's, that's like, you know, they finally got a game where they could get a great amount out of Devin Singletary, and Josh Allen would, you know, scramble for a bunch. You know, Zach Moss would be, um, you know, complimentary and, you know, be solid. They they haven't had that game all season. Finally, they did. You know, they have a good enough rushing game, which really don't, I guess, if, quoting every teacher that's ever been, like, that's ever taught um, in school, you're so smart if you only just apply yourself. They finally applied themselves today. Um, On to the receiving game. Kyle Pitts for Atlanta. Two receptions, 69 yards. And Russell Gage, three receptions, 50 yards for Atlanta. Buffalo, Stephon Diggs, five receptions, 52 yards. Gabriel Davis, three receptions, four yards. Cole Beasley, two receptions, 22 yards. On to the... Uh, Defense, Foyasadi Alukun for Atlanta, 13 tackles. Sean Williams, 9 tackles. Deion Jones, 8 tackles. A.J. Terrell, 7 tackles and a sack. And then with, also with a sack, no one. They only had one sack that whole game. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Um, on to Buffalo. Tremaine Edmonds, 6 tackles. Micah Hyde, 6 tackles. Uh... And then that's about it for the you know, amount of tackles. And then Teron Johnson, Ed Oliver, Harrison Phillips, Greg Rousseau, and Mario Addison, they all had one sack for a total of five for Buffalo. In the interceptions, Foysade Aluakun, A.J. Terrell, and Jerron Herman, they all had one pick in this game. Again, Buffalo wins 29-15. to And moving on, we have got, let's see here, Chiefs Bengals clinch the AFC North title in this game over the Chiefs. So, this this shocked me. I expected the Bengals to be good this year, but I didn't expect them to... I didn't expect them to, uh... like, be able to beat the Chiefs on a game-winning field. That was shocking to me. One else has been shocking in a way. The way Joe has been playing. He's been on fire. Jeez. Just in this game alone. 30 for 39, 446 yards and four touchdowns. Those aren't your everyday average Joe quarterback stats. I mean, those are really And then you look at his season stats. 4,611 yards total, 34 touchdowns, and only 14 picks. In the, that's, those are good, good numbers. 
like really really good like i can't believe it like those numbers are phenomenal for a second year quarterback who didn't play much of the first year because of injury he's come back in style he's been absolutely on fire and we'll see him in the playoffs see how he does and then patrick mahomes on the other side who will also be in the playoffs maybe they'll meet up again he was 26 35 259 yards and two touchdowns that this if they meet in the playoffs that is going to be a fun game to watch kansas city chiefs you know arguably the best quarterback in the league in patrick mahomes and then you've got the young up-and-coming joe burrow who you know is coming off of a good win against mahomes i would love to see that game that is that would be a great game on to the other stats though rushing game wise for kansas city daryl williams 14 carries 88 yards and two touchdowns Derek Gore behind him, three carries, 37 yards. That was about it for their rushing game. For Cincinnati, Joe Mixon, who has been solid all year, had a bit of an off day that day. Uh, 12 carries, 46 yards, and that was basically it for their whole running game. So, you know, it wasn't great. But want to know another thing that was shocking? Cincinnati, rookie receiver, Jamar Chase. He had 11 receptions, 266 yards, and three touchdowns. That's unheard of for most receivers, let alone a rookie receiver. He's been amazing this season. Just look at the stats for him this season. 429 yards, which puts him at fourth in the whole NFL. Not just among rookies, but in the whole NFL. He also has 13 touchdowns, which is second in the NFL. And uh, he's got 79 receptions. He's absolutely phenomenal. He, he's explosive. He's so fun to watch him play. You know, behind him in the receiving game, they got a solid receiver in T. Higgins. This game, he only had three receptions, 62 yards, but he's solid. And they also got Tyler Boyd behind him. He's, that's a good receiving core right there. And now another good receiving core on the other side, again, why I want to see this matchup again is Kansas City's McCole Hardman's one reception, 53 yards led the way, by the way, for them. He's good. Tyree Kill's good. Travis Kelsey. They got a good team. You know, I want to see this matchup again. I, 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 I've I, put out my case, and I think everyone wants to see this again. That can't just be me. But, sorry, been stalling on the Kansas City receiving game. McCole Hardman, reception, 53 yards. Um, Terry kills six receptions, 40 yards, Blake Bell, three receptions, 35 yards. It's kind of shocking not to see Travis Kelsey up there, I'll admit it. You know, he's normally one of the more consistent players, tight ends, one of the best, probably to ever do it, honestly. I don't think that's much of a stretch. So, on to the defense, Kansas City, Anthony Hitchens, nine tackles, Javarius Ward, eight tackles, Rashad Fenton, seven tackles, Tyran Matthew had six tackles. And then in the uh, with sacks, Chris Jones had two sacks. Jerron Reed had a sack. Frank Clark had a sack. And that was it for the Kansas City defense. No interceptions on both sides, by the way. Uh, for um, Cincinnati, Chidobe Awuzie, 10 tackles. Uh, Logan Wilson, 8 tackles. Mike Hilton, Von Bell, and Sam Hubbard each had 5 tackles. And they had no sacks all game, which is kind of shocking because the offensive line for uh, Kansas City is not the best. So, anyway, that's that game. Again, 30-31 game-winning field goal win for the Cincinnati Bengals. And uh, now we'll move on to the next game, Titans-Dolphins. Uh, the Titans clinched their second straight AFC South title against the Dolphins 34 to 3 win. Not really what I expected, but honestly, I'm not shocked that the Titans won, but what I am is they won in that fashion, like a 31 point win. That's like phenomenal. Speaking of the news surrounding the Titans, Derrick Henry is back in practice. This is huge. Obviously the Tennessee rushing game is pretty good already with Dante Foreman. 
he's been solid. In this game, he had 26 carries, 132 yards of a touchdown. Mind him, Dontrell Hilliard's been solid. But then when you add in Derrick Henry, you've got that workhorse running back that can go 35 carries a game and just bowl through your whole team and get 200 yards and, like, five touchdowns. They got that guy in Derrick Henry, best running back in the league, in my opinion. It's always going to be helpful if you get him back in the lineup or any player like him in the lineup. I mean, as as good as Deontay Foreman's been, you obviously are going to want Derrick Henry back for the playoffs. It is potential that he will be back for the wildcard matchup, and that would be great for them. So let's move on to the stats for this game. Miami, uh, Tua Bailoa, 18-38. Uh, 205 yards in interception. Okay, but not great. Uh, for Tennessee, Ryan Tannehill, 13 of 1,820 yards and two touchdowns. In the Miami rushing game, Duke Johnson led the way for them. Seven carries, 49 yards. And then behind the Miles Gaskin had five carries, 23 yards. Uh, in the uh, rushing game, for Tennessee, Deontay Foreman, 26 carries, 132 yards and touchdown. Dontrell Hilliard, 8 carries, 45 yards on a touchdown. Jeremy Nichols, I'm in 2 carries, 14 yards. Uh, in the receiving game, Mike Gesicki, 4 receptions, 51 yards. Jalen Waddle, 3 receptions, 47 yards. Devontae Parker, 4 receptions, 46 yards. And Durham Smythe, 3 receptions, uh, 37 yards. For Tennessee, A.J. Brown, 2 receptions, 41 yards. Dontrell Hilliard, 3 receptions, 33 yards. Anthony Ferguson, three receptions, 24 yards, and a touchdown. On to the uh, defense, Zach Cunningham. Six total tackles for Tennessee. Uh, Amani Hooker also had six tackles. And then with sacks, uh, Danico Autry had a sack. Harold Landry had a sack. Uh, Kyle Pico had a sack. And that is it. For them. Um, for Miami... Christian Wilkins had 10 tackles. Javon Holland had 8 tackles. So did Zach Seifer. Jerome Baker had 7 tackles and a sack. Landon Roberts had 7 tackles. And then, uh, let's see, that was it. Um, David Long Jr. of Tennessee had an interception. Forgot about that. Um, that is... For that game, again, that was a 34-3 win. Probably, again, you would expect out of that game. Moving on, Raiders-Colts. The Raiders keep their playoff hopes alive. So, um, this is, this is, uh, you know, if they lost that game, they'd be 8-8 eight and eight and basically almost be eliminated from the playoffs at that point. Uh, that it's huge that they were able to win this. This also keeps this is pretty helpful for Derek Carr because Derek Carr was kind of like losing it a bit, like Monet, quarter good quarterback anymore. He was kind of losing his, I guess, relevance. Since this, because of this season, he's kept his uh, relevance alive. Yet, you know, he's been good. He's, you know, probably been the main reason that the Raiders have stayed relevant, that Derek Carr's been good enough. That's the only reason, in my opinion, at least. He was 24-31, 255 yards, touchdown, two picks. On the other end, Carson Wentz, 16-27, 148 yards, and a touchdown. In the rushing game, Jonathan Taylor, who's been a workhorse, 20 carries, 108 yards, and a touchdown. Another good game from him. Now, actually, I'm going to, you know, butt in a bit. If there's, you know, non-QB candidates for MVP, it's one, Jonathan Taylor, and two, Cooper Cup. And then you've got your quarterback candidates, you know, obviously Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, all the good quarterbacks. But if you were to consider two non-quarterback candidates, it'd be Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup. You know, Jonathan Taylor, again, had, you know, 108 yards and a touchdown in this game. It's a good game. You know, compared to Josh Jacobs, who's a really good court running back himself, you know, he only had 16 carries, 63 yards and a touchdown. You know, he's outplaying some really good running backs, too. He's probably the best one in the league 
that's not injured. So the best one currently probably still is Derrick Henry. But behind him closely is probably Jonathan Taylor. Just looking at his stats, he's got, let's see, like on the season, one four yards, put him in first, 317 attempts in 18 touchdowns. All those three it put him in first place in the whole league. And he's also, you know, I don't think he's, I don't think he's really in competition anymore for this role as the number one running back on the team. But he going into the season, he, he was under pressure because Marlon Mack is, you know, still a solid running back. And Naheem Hines is, you know, decent. So, like, he was in competition going into the season. I think far and away, clearly, Jonathan Taylor is the best running back in the running back room. So... Moving on, the receiving game, Indianapolis, uh, Michael Pittman Jr., six receptions, 47 yards. T.Y. Ty, Hilton, I'm missing Ty. T.Y. Hilton, reception for 45 yards and a touchdown. On the Vegas end of things, uh, Zay Jones, eight receptions, 120 yards. Hunter Renfro, seven receptions, 76 yards and a touchdown. That was about it for Vegas. On to the defensive side, Divine Diablo, uh, nine tackles. Roderick Teamer had uh, eight tackles, so did Darius Phylon. Denzel Perryman also had seven tackles. Yannick Ngakwe had a sack, and that was it for Vegas. For Indianapolis, Bobby Okereke, ten total tackles. Darius Leonard had eight. DeForest Buckner had eight tackles and half a sack. And, that, and then uh, Quiddy Pay had a sack, and Kamoko Ture had half a sack. Uh, Isaiah Rogers had a pick, and so did Darius Leonard. So that's that game again. Vegas wins twenty-three to twenty. Close game, but so now I've got Jaguars Patriots. Do I really have to uh, go over this? All I need to really say is that the Patriots uh, clinched a playoff berth, and they beat the Jaguars fifty to ten. To advance to 10 and 6. I don't really think I need to go over much. I mean, did anyone honestly think that the Jaguars, the Jaguars, were going to beat the Patriots? Let's be honest. Of all teams to uh, beat the Patriots, the Jaguars, I, I just can't see that happening. Anyway, on to. The uh, next game, sorry for a bit of background noise. I don't know if you guys can hear it, but I can for sure. Um, anyway, uh, next game, this is the game that Antonio Brown decided to uh, go bonkers in. This is the Buccaneers-Jets game. Jets lose that game 24-28. Uh, Buccaneers advance to 12-4. Let's take a look at the box score. Uh, Tom... Brady had uh, 10 years, 34-54, touchdowns and interceptions. That's actually a really good game. And then on the other side, Zach Wilson, 19-33, uh, 234 yards and a touchdown. Uh, for the rushing game, Tampa Bay, Keyshawn Vaughn had 8 carries, 31 yards. Bob Jones, 10 carries, 26 yards. And Le'Veon Bell, 3 carries, 5 yards. For New York, Michael Carter, 3 carries, 54 yards. Austin Walter, 14 carries. 49 yards, and that was about it. For Tampa Bay's receiving game, uh, Rob Gronkowski had uh, 7 receptions, 115 yards. Cyril Grayson, 6 receptions, 81 yards. Tyler Johnson, 4 receptions, 50 yards. Uh, for New York, Braxton Berrios, 8 receptions, 65 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Ty Johnson, 3 receptions, 47 yards. Um... For uh, the defensive end of things, Carlton Davis of Tampa Bay and Antoine Win Winfield had uh, eight tackles each. And then with sacks on their team, Anthony Nelson had a sack. And that was it for the entire team. Uh, for New York, C.J. Mosley, 13 tackles. Bryce Hall, nine tackles. Michael Carter, eight tackles and a sack. Quincy Williams, seven tackles. And Elijah Riley, six tackles. Um, 
That's what that game again. The years when 28-24 Antonio Brown storms off the field. That was really the highlight of the stats. Just Antonio Brown running off the field in the middle of the game. Um, let's see. Now, um, on to the next game. We got Eagles versus the football team. Eagles win 20-16. to And they have clinched a playoff berth. I don't think anyone would have thought this going into the season. I for sure didn't like the Eagles making the playoffs, like clinching a playoff spot before week 18. I didn't see that coming. For sure did not see that. But anyway, we are going to uh, take a look at the box score for that game. Um, let's see. Jalen Hurts was 214 yards. Deceptions, not bad. Taylor Heineke was uh, 27 of 36, 247 yards, and an interception. So that's the passing game. Uh, in the rushing game, Boston Scott, 14 carries, 47 yards. Jalen Hurts, 7 carries, 44 yards. And then for Washington, Jarrett Patterson, 12 carries, 57 yards. And then Taylor Heineke, 2 carries, 14 yards. Boston Scott had two touchdowns for Philadelphia, and Jared Patterson had one for Washington. In the receiving game, Dallas Goddard uh, led the way for uh, Philadelphia. Six reception, receptions, 71 yards. Behind him, Devontae Smith had three receptions, 54 yards. And Boston Scott, four receptions, 39 yards. For Washington, Scary Terry, seven receptions, 61 yards. Cam Sims, four receptions, 48 yards. Jared Patterson, five receptions, 41 yards. And the defense, uh, Cole Holcomb for Washington, 11 tackles. Cameron Curl, 10 tackles. David Mayo, 6 tackles. And then uh, Jimin Davis had uh, a sack. For Philly, 14 tackles. For TJ Edwards, Alex Singleton had 8 tackles. Anthony Harris had 6 tackles. Josh Sweat had 5 tackles. And so did Rodney McLeod. Josh Sweat had 1.5 sacks. Fletcher Cox had half a sack. Gennard Avery had a sack, and that was it for Philadelphia. So that was the end of that game. Uh, actually, Rodney McLeod had an interception. So uh, uh, now that's it for that game again. 20 to 16 win for Philadelphia. And we'll move on to this game. Uh, Rams Ravens. The Rams. The one twenty one to nineteen. Matthew Stafford didn't play great, but it, he was good enough to get them the win. So, you know he was uh, through I think two interceptions. Yeah, uh, twenty sixty five through nine yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions for him. I believe. Let's see. Matthew Stafford also lost a fumble, so it wasn't great for him. But, you know, it wasn't great for Tyler Huntley either. 20-32, 197 yards in the interception. Wasn't good enough to get them the win. You know. Anyway, moving on to the rushing game. L.A., Sony Michelle, 19, for carries 74 yards and touchdown. And then for Baltimore, Devontae Freeman led the way, 14 carries, 76 yards. On the receiving game, Cooper Cup, six receptions, 97, 95 yards, and touchdown. Tyler Higby, six receptions, 69 yards. And then Van Jefferson, four receptions, 63 yards. Odell Beckham also had the game-winning touchdown reaching over the pylon. He also had uh, 39 yards receiving on five receptions. For Baltimore, Mark Andrews, six receptions, 89 yards. Rashad Bateman, seven receptions, 58 yards. Marquise Brown, three receptions, 28 yards. On to the defense, uh, Troy Reader, nine tackles and a sack. Leonard Floyd, seven tackles, half a sack. Taylor Rapp, six tackles. And uh, Ashawn Robinson, six tackles and a sack. Darius Williams and Jordan Fuller each had six tackles as well. Uh, Von Miller had two sacks on five tackles. And uh, Aaron Donald have ha had half a sack on five tackles. That's it for LA's defense. Might I also say something here? Uh, Jalen Ramsey and Taylor Rapp did get into a fight during the huddle, which does bring up 
there is, you know, maybe there's a potential chemistry issue between the two. They had to be broken up. It was in the middle of the huddle. There, you know, I don't know what happened, but they just started fighting. So, I, I don't know if that's going to be a problem as they move into the playoffs. Just, you know, maybe chemistry issue, but we'll have to kind of wait and see on that. Uh, Tavon Young, nine tackles. Josh Bynes, seven tackles. Chuck Clark, seven tackles. And that was about it for Baltimore. Ty Bowser also had a sack. I didn't mention that. That's it for that game. Rams win 20-19 over the Ravens. And we will move on to next game. That would be Broncos-Chargers. The Chargers win that game 34-13. Uh, to 13. I guess you could you know, even say in a convincing fashion, or convincing enough fashion, because... I mean, they're coming off of a loss to, uh, who was it? Uh, the, uh, um, what's it called? The, uh, the, the Texans. They're coming off a loss to the Texans. So, it definitely was needed, a needed win for LA to keep their playoff hopes alive. For the passing game, Justin Herbert, 22 of 31, 237 yards, two touchdowns. For Denver, Drew Locke, 18 of 25, 245 yards, and a touchdown. Um, it says that, uh, Kendall Hinton, who, I don't know, I, is this, was this guy that played the, hold on, let's see, hold on, let's see, this, did, did, wasn't Kendall Hinton that guy that played quarterback when all three Broncos quarterbacks got COVID. Am I wrong? Am I wrong about that? Let's see. In that game, he is in 2020. He played in one game. He had one completion on nine attempts for 13 yards and two interceptions. Yeah, that that he he's the guy that played uh the, the receiver out of Wake Forest that played quarterback in like high school or something. That so he ended up having to play quarterback for one game while all three. That's why that is that guy. Didn't even know he was still playing. Man, didn't, didn't see that coming. I'll admit it. Um, anyway, onto the rushing game for Denver. Melvin Gordon, nine, er, 10 carries, 43 yards. Javante Williams, 14 carries, 30 yards. For the rushing game on the other side for LA, Austin Eckler, 17 carries, 58 yards, and a touchdown. Justin Jackson, 12 carries, 41 yards. That's it for that. Um, Denver's receiving game, Noah Fant, six receptions, 92 yards. Cortland Sutton, three receptions, 60 yards. Seth Williams, a reception for 34 yards. Uh, for LA, Mike Williams, three receptions, 36, or 63 yards and a touchdown. Austin Eckler, three receptions, 54 yards. And then Keenan Allen, four receptions, 44 yards and a touchdown. On to the defense, uh, Micah Kaiser had... 12 tackles for Denver. Uh, Jonas Griffith also had 12. Cream um, Jackson and Jonathan Harris each had 8 tackles. Kyle Fuller had 7. And Pat Sertan had 6. Um, there was no sacks for their side. And then we'll take a look at uh, LA. Kaiser White, 11 total tackles. Uh, Nasir Adderley, 8 tackles. Michael Davis, 6 tackles. Derwin James, 6 tackles. Joey Bosa, 6 tackles. Um, let's see. And then, who had the sack? Jerry Tilly had the only sack of the whole game for L.A. Again, L.A. wins 34-13 to over the Denver Broncos. So, the next game. Um, Niners-Texans. Now, Trey Lance played quarterback this game. Let's just say that because this is his first real big game. You know, that he played in it. 16-23, 249 yards and two touchdowns for him. Now, I'm not going to go over much of the stats because, again, you'd expect the 49ers to beat the Texans. They won 23-7. I'm not really going to go over the stats, though, for that game. Now, Cardinals... Actually, I'm going to get this one out of the way. I'm going to get a little more of this out of the way that I don't have to go over. Seahawks-Lions, 51-29 win for Seattle. I really don't need to go over that. 
So, anyway, we'll move on to the actual three good games we have left. Cowboys Cardinals, Vikings Packers, and Steelers Browns. Start off with the Cowboys Cardinals. Cardinals win 25 to 22 to advance to 11 and 5. Um, in this game, Kyler Murray, 26 68, 263 yards and two touchdowns. Dak Prescott, 24 of 38, 226 yards and three touchdowns. For Arizona, Chase Edmonds in the running game, 18 carries, 53 yards. Kyle Murray, Kyler Murray, sorry, nine carries, 44 yards. For Dallas, um, this is bad. Dallas is supposed to have one of the best you know, rushing attacks in the whole NFL. And now we see Dak Prescott leading the way for them with only 20 yards on five carries. For their whole team, and they weren't injured. They had Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. They were fully healthy with their major running backs and stuff. They, in total, had 17 carries for 45 yards. That is it. Their whole team. Compare that to the Arizona um, rushing attack, 32 carries, 127 yards. Much better, significantly better. I think that's one of the reasons why Arizona won the game. They got stuff going. Uh, they they got a running game going. That's basically all they needed, and they won the game. You know, you know, you look at the receiving game. They were better than the Dallas receiving game too. They just outplayed them on offense. Christian Kirk, six receptions, 79 yards. A.J. Green, three receptions, 74 yards. And Zach Ertz, seven receptions, 41 yards. Antoine Wesley was also four receptions, 30 yards, and two touchdowns. That's a good receiving game in total. 27 receptions, 286 yards, and two touchdowns. That is a good receiving game. It's a good receiving game right there. Um... On for Dallas, then you compare that. Dalton Schultz led the way, six receptions, 54 yards. CD Lamb behind him, three receptions, 51 yards. Tony Pollard, three receptions, 49 yards. It's not as good as the Arizona receiving game. Those are probably the two reasons why Dallas lost this game. Even if their defense was good, Leighton Van Der Esch, 10 tackles. Jerron Curse, six tackles. Dorrance Armstrong, five tackles and a sack. You know, that's a decent defense but you know they out the Cardinals outplayed them on offense and that's really all they needed to do to win that game Isaiah Simmons you guys still go over uh, Arizona's defense so Isaiah Simmons had 10 tackles uh, Byron Murphy had seven Kevin Peterson had seven tackles Jalen Thompson had six tackles Buda Baker had three tackles and a sack and that was it really for Arizona Again, Arizona wins 25-22. to 22. Um, Moving on, we've got Packers-Vikings, the final game of the uh, Week 17 on Sunday. Let's take a look at the box score. Shining for Minnesota was playing. He was 22 of 36, uh, 189 yards and a touchdown. Solid, considering he's the backup. But then Aaron Rodgers was Aaron Rodgers. 29 of 38, 288 yards and two touchdowns. You know, what they needed, what they expected. You know, and honestly, look at the... Another game where the rushing game was needed on one side to have a chance at the game, and they couldn't do it. Minnesota's rushing game, Dalvin Cook, 9 carries, 13 yards. Sean Mannion, 2 carries, 14 yards. Those were the only two players that got a run in the whole game. For a grand total, their whole team had 11 carries, 27 yards. Wow. Wow. You know, and then compare that to Green Bay. Aaron Jones, 8 carries, 76 yards. A.J. Dillon, 14 carries, 63 yards, and 2 touchdowns. That's a good running game. And then compare that to Minnesota's measly 27 yards rushing. It's that there's a reason why Green Bay won this game. Not even just because they're the better team. Take a look at the receiving game. Minnesota, Justin Jefferson, six receptions, 58 yards. KJ Osborne, three receptions, 50 yards. Tyler Conklin, five receptions, 47 yards. Um, 
in the receiving game, uh, Devontae Adams, 11 receptions, 136 yards and a touchdown. Alan Lazard, 6 receptions, 72 yards and a touchdown. And that was really it for the receiving game on both sides. Uh, for Minnesota defense, Eric Kendricks, 9 tackles. Anthony Barr, 9 tackles. Xavier Woods, 8 tackles. Harrison Smith, 8 tackles. Chris Boyd, 6 tackles. Armin Watts, 6 tackles. And that's about it. Um, for Green Bay, Devondre Campbell, 8 tackles. Chris Barnes, 5 tackles. And that's really it for them. Preston Smith also had a sack and so did Rashawn Gary. So that's that game, the last game from Sunday. Uh, 37-10 win again for Green Bay. And now we got the final game of Week 17 of the NFL season. Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Cleveland Browns. The Steelers hold on in um, uh, Big Ben's last home game. They advanced to 8-7-1 with slim playoff hopes alive. Um, it's not likely, but... I can hope. I can hope that the Steelers make the playoffs. At least Mike Tomlin still never had a losing season with that win, even if they lose 98-1, which is the definition of a 500. So they still never had a losing season under Mike Tomlin. At least I can be happy about that, even if they don't make the playoffs, which they won't. Um. Yeah, let's see. Um. Stats-wise, Baker Mayfield, 16 of 38, 185 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Ben Roethlisberger, 24 of 46, 123 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. In the rushing game, Najee Harris absolutely destroyed the Browns' defense for 28 carries, 188 yards, and a touchdown. And then you compare that to um, average Cleveland Browns rushing game. A rushing game that you expect to be better with Nick Chubb. But he only had 12 carries, 58 yards for that game. That was really it for the whole rushing game for Cleveland. That's one of the reasons why the Steelers were able to put it out so easily. And I think the other reason was that the Browns were statistically eliminated from the playoff. So they had nothing to play for. And you, they, you could see that on the field. They weren't playing good. In the receiving game, Donovan Peoples-Jones led the way for uh, Cleveland. He had uh, three receptions, 76 yards. Jarvis Landry, four receptions, 43 yards. For Pittsburgh, Barry McLeod had four receptions, uh, 35 yards. Deontay Johnson, eight receptions, 31 yards, and a touchdown. And that is about it for them on offense. On defense, for Pittsburgh, Robert Spillane, eight tackles. Alex Highsmith, seven tackles and two sacks. TJ Watt, five tackles, four sacks. That's absolutely phenomenal. Cameron Hayward also had a sack. And so did Henry Mondo and Derek Tuzga for a grand total of nine sacks all game. <laughs> That's absolutely amazing defense, I must say. Um, and then you compare that to Cleveland's defense, which was solid. Grant Del Delpit, 11 tackles. Uh, Anthony Walker, 9 tackles. Greg Newsom. Eight tackles and uh, MJ Stewart seven tackles, JOK seven tackles, Devion Clowney six tackles and two sacks. That's really it for their defense. Let's take a look at TJ Watt, who I think should be the defensive player of the year. Five tackles, which isn't great, not bad. But then you look at you know casual twenty one and a half uh, sacks. Yikes! Like twenty one and a half sacks. I forgot already, but the single season Steelers or the NFL sack record is uh, let me check that. Let's see. Um let's see. Trying to find it. Let's see. I'm trying to find the uh, sack single season sack leaders. Um, the official sack leader is Michael Strahan with 22 and a half sacks. TJ Watt can tie the NFL single season sack record 
if he makes one sack. If he makes two sacks, he's got the record to himself. Or if he makes one and a half sacks. That, that's amazing. And to be the unofficial leader, um, he, uh, Al Baker, this is before I think they were even counted as sacks. If he gets 23 sacks, he ties Al Baker for the most unofficial sacks, I guess. But right now, TJ Watt is in fifth place right now for most single season sacks. And he's behind a uh, three-way tie for second between Jared Allen, Mark Gastineau, and Justin Houston. I would love to see him as a Steelers fan and as just a football fan break that single season sack record. That would be absolutely amazing to see. I mean, he was seven season and everything, but, 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 it'd still be awesome to see. So we'll move on from the Steelers game, and that looks to be it. Unless there was Thursday night football that I forgot about. No, there wasn't. Okay. But we'll make our predictions for week 18 of the NFL season. We finally made it to the end of the season. Final regular season predictions I'll be making. Let's take a look at the first game on Saturday at 4.30. Chiefs versus Broncos. The Chiefs have nothing to play for. So they'll be playing all their starters. Um, let's see. The injury report, Mike Remmers, Chris Lammons, Callan Sounders, and uh, Clyde Edwards-Lair, Lewis Yang are all out for Kansas City. For Denver, um, Nate Harrison out. Uh, Arnold Darby and Pat Sertan out. And then Brandon, Brandon McManus and uh, Sam Martin are both questionable. I'm going to predict the Kansas City Chiefs in a landslide victory. Lancer, I mean, I think that will make sense because it's the Chiefs and they're against a team that has, both teams have nothing to play for. I mean, the Chiefs can play for the number one seed. But I don't think they'll risk losing Patrick Mahomes before the playoffs or Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey. I don't think they will. I wouldn't, at least. Um, on to the next game. Um, Cowboys versus the Eagles. Um, you always have a chance in this game, depending on if, well, they have a chance either way, but if the Cowboys resting their starters, that would be, you know, the make or break here. For the Cowboys, the main injuries are Trayvon Diggs out, Tony Pollard out, Jaron Curse out. For Philly, um, Marcus Epps out, and then Miles Sanders out, Lane Johnson and Landon Dickerson are questionable. I'm going to pick the Cowboys. Actually, no, I'm going to pick the Eagles because I'm assuming the Cowboys won't play their starters. They don't need to. So that's that game moving on. We have the... Let's see. Let's scroll down to the next game. Football team versus the Jets. Has nothing to play for. Picking the football team in a landslide. Because Heineke's a better quarterback than Mike Glennon. Or Jake Fromm, whoever's playing. Let's see. Yeah. Let's see. Injury report. Matt Pert, Dante Pettis, Kadarius Tony, and John Ross are all out. Colin Johnson's questionable for New York. And then for Washington, their main injuries are Curtis Samuel out, Ricky Seals Jones out, Montez Sweat out. And then that's about it. I'm going to take, again, Washington in a pretty comfortable margin. Maybe not in the landslide, but comfortable, comfortable, comfortable. That's probably the best I can say for that. On the next game, I'm going to pick the Steelers. It has been announced that Tyler Huntley will be playing, not Lamar Jackson. So I'm going to take the Steelers in Big Ben's final game. I think they're going to play with a good amount of heart in this game. It's not going to be a landslide. It's not going to be, like, blowout or any of those. But it's going to be close, but I'm going to take the Steelers in this game. Taking a look at the injury report. And Joe Green, Isaiah Dan Moore, Junior Johnson are all going to be probably out. Dan Moore's doubtful, but all those other ones are ruled as out for Pittsburgh. Um, for Baltimore, Lamar Jackson, Anthony Averett, Devin, actually, 
Lamar Jackson and Anthony are the main uh, injuries, and Devin DuVernay is questionable. I'm still going to take uh, the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers just because they don't have, you know, if they weren't injured as much, I'm taking the Ravens, but nope, I'm taking the Steelers in this game. Um, Bengals, Browns, I'm taking the Bengals. The Browns have absolutely nothing to play for. I'm not sure if um, Baker's going to be playing. Let's take a look at the injuries. I'm not sure. I feel like he won't. It looks like he'll be playing, but okay. Ron Harrison, Denzel Ward, John Johnson, Greedy Williams, and Trey Hill are all questionable for Cleveland. Um, DJ Reader, Joe Burrow, CJ Uzoma, and Evan McPherson are all questionable for Cincinnati. I'm still going to take Cincinnati. They're just a better team. So, that'll be the reason for my picking of Cincinnati. Um, moving on, we will do the uh, Panthers versus the Buccaneers over even the injury on this one. It's going to be the Buccaneers. Even if they're resting everyone, what they will, it's going to be the Buccaneers. They're not shocked, you know. Packers lines don't really need to go over this one either. Even if they don't play their starters, it's the Packers. Um, so yeah, I'm taking the Packers here. Moving on, next game: Vikings Bears. I'm taking the Vikings. No team has anything to play for. I'm gonna go over the injuries real quick. Let's see. Um. Uh. Type mode. Or Ed Goldman, Robert Quinn, and Duke questionable, and Akeem Hicks is out for Chicago. Uh, Mackenzie Alexander is questionable for Minnesota. And then Michael Pierce is doubtful. Eric Kendricks is out, and BC Johnson's on IR. Still going to take the Vikings, even after looking at the injuries. It's It just kind of seems like the Vikings are going to be better. Teams have nothing to play for, so I get relatively boring, low scoring, not high scoring, but game. Medium. Medium. I'll take medium. So. Next game, Colts. Jaguars. Do I really have to go over this one? It's going to be the Colts. Colts still have something to play for. Jaguars have nothing to play for except the number one overall pick. So, I'm going to take the Colts comfortably. Colts going to win that big time. Titans. Texans. Titans are going to take this one. Texans just not a good enough team to beat them. Simply. On to the next game, Patriots-Dolphins. Now, the Patriots do have to, um, they do have something to play for, I believe. Let's see. They probably have to play their playoffs, either. Or the, the, I think they still can make the title game, but. Series for New England, Ronnie Perkins on IR, Kyle Duggars out, Nick Folk, Damian Harrison, Jacoby Murray are all questionable. And then there's really no injuries that are significant for Miami. Um, I'm going to take New England because they still probably are going to play their starters. So that's why I'm taking New England. Uh, for New Orleans versus uh, Atlanta, I'm probably going to end up taking New Orleans. Both teams have to play for real, mostly, but I'm still going to take the uh, New Orleans Saints in this game. I feel like the injuries for them, both teams, uh, for New Orleans, Mark looks questionable. Tron Armstead's out, Mark Ingram's questionable, Bradley Roby and PJ Williams are both out. Jalen Mayfield, Quadre Olsen, Cal Pitts, and Frank Darby are all questionable. For Atlanta, I don't think that changes anything. New Orleans, I think, will win this game. For the next Jets, Bills, the Bills have, like, nothing. Sorry. The Bills have nothing to play for. They've already probably got a playoff spot. The Jets, absolutely nothing to play for. They can't get the first overall pick anymore. It's going to be the Bills. I don't really have to go over that much. Um, let's see. Um, Niners, Rams. Now, the Niners have something to play for. The Rams are playing for a playoff seed. The Niners are going to come out with a lot of heart, but I think the Rams are going to 
play their starters, and I think they are going to take the W in that game. I'm going to go over the injuries because that is a very significant game when it comes to playoff seeds and will the 49ers actually make the playoffs. They are one of the teams that has something to play for, so that's going to be interesting. For um, let's go. The injuries are pretty big. Jaquiski Tart, questionable. Aziz Al-Shair, questionable. Dre Greenlaw, questionable. Jimmy Garoppolo, questionable. That's a big one. Marcel Harris, questionable. I think it's better if you play Trey Lance for them, but it is huge if Jimmy Garoppolo is playing or if he's not because that can turn the tide of the game because that's two different quarterbacks right there. I'm still going to take L.A. in this game, but it's not going to be your runaway smack just like get off kind of thing and there's no significant uh, injuries for it. it's just whether they sit their starters or not now we got seahawks cardinals seahawks have absolutely nothing to play for so i'm gonna take the cardinals i don't really need to go over this and then the final game of the season this is huge sunday night football chargers raiders now Let's take a look at all the injuries on this one. This is pretty big. In my opinion, this is all for a play five. Um, is Drew Tranquil questionable for out? And Joe Nano is out. For Vegas, Kamal Seymour out. Markwell Lee out. Casey Hayward is questionable. Darren Waller is questionable. And Josh Jacobs is questionable. If all three of those questionables are out, which they won't be, they won't let them not play. So, like, I, if those three aren't playing, it's a runaway victory for the Chargers, probably. But if they're playing, that does change the tie of the game. I'm going to say the Raiders are going to win this game because they have more to prove, and they're going to have more heart going into the game. It's going to be a fun game to watch. I'm going to be taking the Raiders. But that is it for the whole episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. I enjoyed recording it. I'll see you guys next week in Wild Card Week.